And they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Here, then he comes Matheson. Oh, he's gone! And now it's Johnson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleFC.com podcast. My name is Dean. I'm joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, mate. Good stuff. And Rise with us as well. Rye, how are you getting on? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Lovely stuff. So uh, it's been a while since since we last released an episode. Um, we did record one last week, but yeah, there was a few technical issues and, and we couldn't get it out, unfortunately. So rather than kind of going over old ground between ourselves, we thought we'd pick up where we left off um, without you uh, and, and speak about the Newport game and then just look back on the season so far as we're around that halfway stage now coming into the uh, to the run of festive fixtures that will hopefully go ahead. But yeah, um, Chaff, looking back on that Newport game, it was a real improvement, wasn't it, from those poor performances before and arguably the best performance of the season, I'd say, so far? Uh, I'd say it's without doubt the best performance of the season so far. Um from what I've seen, anyway, I've not been to every away game, but um, yeah, I thought we were, I thought we were outstanding. To be perfectly honest with you, um, right from the right from the kickoff, that early goal really made really made a difference. I thought there were a couple of shaky moments at the back, but overall, I thought we defended really well. I thought we attacked really well, and let's face it, three three nil against high flying Newport was probably flattered them. Because um, it it could quite easily have been five or six. Yeah, and, and my I think what helped us massively was getting that goal early on. We kind of raced out the traps, and um, I think that gave us the opportunity to hit them on the counter attack, which isn't something we've seen a lot of this year. But it was quite effective, wasn't it? Especially in that second half. Yeah, definitely. I think to be fair, I think we've started quite a lot of games strongly and, and gone for that early goal, and it just hasn't materialised very often. So I think. That sort of helped, and like you said, it it allowed us to to defend a bit deeper than perhaps we normally would, and then hit them on the counter attack. Like you said, I think a lot of times this season, we, when we we probably not got the early goal, we've then got a bit frustrated and started chasing it, um, which has then left us a bit exposed because we've not got them. You know, we're not blessed with a lot of pace at the back. So, yeah, I think it suited us. You can sort of see why we we're coming out of the traps like that now after seeing that game. Um, last week and yeah really good start and it set us up really nicely for the rest of the game really Yeah and Chaff we did have to kind of weather a little bit of a storm before that before that second goal came um, I suppose obviously a 3-0 win you're going to be looking at the goal scorers but credit does have to go to the defence as well because there was plenty of sort of last ditch defending and some great saves from, uh, from Joel Coleman back between the sticks as well Yeah I thought Coleman was excellent Um and I thought Dorset played well. Um, the fact that I thought the whole defence looked really quite solid for the most part. Um, or Keith had a good game, um, wide right, and Eddie White I thought had a really good game wide left. And yeah, Coleman for me made a massive difference coming back into the side. I was just more I would I just found myself more confident that um, he, he was going to come out for things that. That Lynch wouldn't. That's not to say Lynch um, is a bad keeper because he's not. 
Um, I just felt I just had a bit more confidence about it, and I think our defence possibly did as well. Um, he wasn't tested a great deal in the in the first half because it was literally all us. But like you said, we did weather a storm a bit, and he has pulled off a couple of really good saves. And yeah, he was probably a contender for for man of the match. Had Beasley not been prime Grant Holt on the day. Yeah, right. Let's touch on that performance from Jake Beasley because. In, in a way, I'm quite glad we couldn't get that episode out last week because I was, even though he got the two goals at Bristol Rovers, I was giving him a little bit of stick and then he's picked up another two goals again on Saturday. And it does seem like whenever people start to question his, his record in front of goal, he seems to he seems to answer those questions by getting on the score sheet. And it was too, it was a well-taken finish for the first goal and a good penalty as well for the second, wasn't it? Yeah, Um I'll be honest, when I was watching a game and I saw Conor Grant with a ball on the edge of the box, I was screaming for him to shoot because the only pass was Beasley. But um, yeah, he did a really good finish. Um, I think it probably took most fans by surprise, that, um, which I think says a lot about a lot of finishing from Beasley this season. But you sort of can't get to a point now. I've seen that stat about the number of braces he's had this season before Christmas, which is equal to Ricky Lambert's. Um, so... Yeah, you, you sort of get to a point now where you can't really argue with, with his goal-scoring record. I know Chaff's said that for a few weeks, to be fair to him. Um, but yeah, I thought he was unplayable with everything he did. I thought he was a right handful. Um, I don't know what it was really, whether you know Josh Andrews coming in for a few games and Beasley being shifted out wide and then having a chance to play down the middle was sort of you know, giving him a, a bit of a boost. I'm not sure, but he looked a completely different player to what I've seen. I think he's probably up there with the best he's played for us. Um, I thought it would. I really did think he looked he looked different class. And we were up in a box last week with a couple of people who aren't Dale fans and don't come very often, and they were saying how well he played as well. Um, so it wasn't just that he played well, and it was a surprise to us. He played well to everyone else as well. But um, yeah, very well taken goal. The penalty is a joke, by the way. What what a penalty that is. Um, especially after he missed his last one, just yeah, credit to him, fair play to him. He was he were excellent. Yeah, one of the people who was in that box with us, Matt Harrop, mentioned that um, his finishing's better when he when he takes it first time, like he did for that first goal against Newport. And I actually had a look back for his goals. He's actually only scored only two of his eleven goals this season have come when he's taken a touch before. And obviously, there's been a few headers and penalties in there, so they, obviously he can't really take a touch when it comes to them, but. I think there's something in that. It might be a case of everyone just screaming for him to shoot whenever it lands to him rather than getting him to take a touch. Um, but yeah, a great performance from him. And I think I think it's it's worth mentioning how... I know Robbie Stockdale maybe gets criticism for his substitutions at times, but it's worth mentioning that he never takes Beasley off. And I think there's something in that. Um, he's played... I think, I think only O'Connell and O'Keefe have, have played more minutes for us this season than him, which shows how much faith Stockdale's putting in him not only to, to lead the line, but also to be the goal scorer and hopefully um, another second half of the season like like this one and he'll end up with a great a great record, won't we? Yeah, I think Robbie Stockdale said in his interview afterwards, he said that he's, he's better when defenders are getting tired towards the end of the game. And I think we saw that with Kelly's goal, you know, the, the way he stretched his legs and the pace he ran at, it was just left the defenders for dead. I think that shows he's got energy in abundance, Annie. I think, We've all said that all along. I think if he can play like that technically, we've got some player on our hands, but um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it, I, I agree with that. I think 
he does well later on just because of his energy. Yeah, Chaff, it was Liam Kelly who wrapped uh, wrapped the win up with that third goal. And it was another great performance from him, I thought, as well. Um, in midfield with, with Stephen Dooley rather than Aaron Morley. And I suppose there'll be some fans who will be questioning why Morley should be in the team now, um, given that he's dropped out and we put in maybe our best performance of the season. Uh, possibly. We, we all know Morley's qualities. We all know what he's good at. Um, it was... I'll be honest, when I saw the team sheet and I saw that Dooley was in, I wasn't overly pleased with it. Um, but he was he was superb. He, he, him and Liam Kelly were, were excellent in the centre of the park, I thought. They linked up really well. Dooley is... When Morley wants to pick a pass out um, and sort of have a little bit more time on the ball, Stephen Dooley's very much a, a bit more of a give-and-go uh, type of player and I think that works well next to Liam Kelly who always always shows for the ball Liam Kelly's movement off the ball is a joke he's, he's always available for a pass um, he's an absolute joy to watch um, for me I think he's fantastic and yeah it, it, him and Dooley I think both complemented each other really well on uh, on Saturday and if they're going to put in performances like that, Marley might, might struggle to, to get back in the side for it a little bit. Um, but yeah, we all know how, how good Aaron Marley can be. Um, but yeah, they, they were excellent, the midfield pairing. Yeah, right. Ryan, where do you stand on, on Liam Kelly? Because I'm with Chaffer, I must admit I'm a really big fan of him. But I have heard a few fans who aren't massively sold on him as yet. I mean, for me, when he's dropping off into that space, like Chaff says, he's actually becomes our most dangerous attacking player because he's the one who can put that ball into the box and create a chance out of nothing. Um, and, and yeah, he, for me, he's absolutely quality. Where do you stand on him? I, I agree. I think he's, I think he's a very good player. I don't, I, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, um, which probably speaks volumes for how, how good I think he is. Um, he's, He's like three, he plays like three different roles in one. Like he, he plays as a box to box. He reminds me of Rathbone at points where he, you know, he's running beyond defenses and beyond strikers. And, you know, that, that goal at Barrow springs to mind um, when he, he ran past the defence and squared it to Beasley. Um, similar goal against Newport, albeit, you know, opposite players doing the opposite things. Um, he can play as a bit of a quarterback and pick passes from deep and play the long raking diagonals. Um, and he can play as a an attacking midfielder as well, picking you know short nippy passes around the box. So he can do all three jobs. Um, I think we'd probably see the best out of him in a, in a midfield three. I think um, it's no secret that I, I sort of want to see that at some point because of the midfielders we've got. But um, yeah, I, I think he's class. I don't think we've seen the best out of him yet, but I, I do think he's he's been some find and some player for us and. There's more to come. I think we can start seeing more numbers from him now, more goals, more assists, um, hopefully. And yeah, he just he sets the tempo every week. And like Chaff said, he he always, always wants the ball. Um, he's like I remember watching Ethan Briley last season and he would he were a bit similar in that every time somebody had the ball, Briley was very offering. I think he can probably learn a lot from from Kelly. Um and, and if he can, you know, become part of a player he is, we've got a an upper great player on our hands, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kelly's. I, I, I enjoy watching him. I really do. 
Yeah, I think that the, the only real issue that anyone could have with him so far is that he does he does lose the ball, doesn't he, quite a bit in, in kind of dangerous areas. And I think that's probably partly to do with his size, which makes me think he would probably actually be better off in a higher league where the physicality is is less relevant. Um, I think he would have really suited BBM's team when we were playing our better football under him, if I'm honest. But I'm glad we've got him now and fingers crossed that he keeps up his recent form and, like you said, maybe even kicks on um, in the second half of the season because this is probably uh, the most regular football he's been getting for a while as well. So hopefully that can only help him. Um, Chaffer, another player who I thought was was excellent on Saturday, particularly in the first half, was Conor Grant. Um, a slightly different role to what we've seen from him so far. He was kind of cutting in as more of an attacking midfielder than a wide player or, or a central midfielder, but he was running the show in the first half. He was, without actually having a pop himself. I think his, I think there's probably a little bit of a lack of confidence there. Um, there possibly shouldn't shouldn't be because I don't think I don't think he's done badly, but maybe it's a lack of minutes um, that, that's caused that. There are a couple of occasions where he he could very easily have have had a shot and tried a one last pass instead. Yeah, he's he's got wonderful feet, Annie. He's just he's a really skillful player. He looks like he's walking through games sometimes, which does tend to annoy me. I always think if he had the like the the energy levels or the the explosiveness of a of an Ollie Rathbone, he'd be an unbelievable player. But yeah, he was excellent. The the assist for the um for the first goal is really good. And yeah, hopefully now that he's he's getting a few more minutes in the in the side, he'll um we'll, we'll start seeing what we expected from him this season. Because I think a lot of people, I know we did, I know Luke did. Um, we we all thought we'd see big things from from him, and it's not quite panned out that way yet. Um, I think we've questioned whether where where he fits in in Stockdale's lineup, but yeah, if he's going to perform like that then I don't think we've got any worries, uh, and neither is he. Yeah, Ryan, I wanted to touch on Corey O'Keefe as well from, from Saturday's game. Um, I mean, the, his work, the work he put in to win the penalty was absolutely tremendous, chasing the ball down from maybe a 20-yard head start he gave the defender, and he was even doing it still in injury time, wasn't he? He chased, out, he chased down a back pass of the goalkeeper from right wing back and then was back in position in no time at all, and as much quality as on the ball, I think what fans are really enjoying from him is that work rate as well, isn't it? And it'd be an amazing bit of business if we could get him to sign permanently in January. Oh yeah, he he just never stops. He's like you said, his work on and off the ball. I think I do think he's improved actually. I think he probably had his more standout performances at the start of the season in terms of goals and things like that. But I think that can sometimes mask other things that are happening for them in the game I actually think that he's in the last few games I think there was a point there was a podcast recently where we said he, he were in a bit of a lull I think since then I think he's been excellent I think um, yeah last week he was he was unbelievable and yeah he'd, he'd be a really really good signing a really really good bit of business it wouldn't shock me massively if we got him on loan again and we just extended the loan because he might be looking at his form and is in team of a week every week he might have his sights set a little bit higher, but teams in higher divisions might want a, a bit of a longer look at him. Um, so it wouldn't shock me. I'd be very surprised if he's not our player in February. 
but I don't know whether it's going to be permanent or loan yet. Um, but yeah, it, you'd struggle to find a, a wing back who can play the, the role so naturally like he can at this level. Um, but yeah, is weird. There's, there's not many right backs you enjoy watching, <laughs> but I love watching Corey O'Keefe. I think he's superb. And, you know, some of the runs he does down the, down the wing reminds me of, like Scotty Wiseman back in the day, just the pace on him. And, you know, he, he never looks that, I don't know, like comfortable and natural on the ball, but he still makes things happen. I, I thought the same with Wiseman. Um, but yeah, I, I love watching him. I love him. Um, and I think it'd be an unbelievable signing if we could get it permanent. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, to be fair, I would. I'd be happy enough with the loan extension because I'm, yeah, like like yourself, looking at him being in team of the week and expecting him to to be attracting bids in January from teams other than ourselves. And although I'm certain we'll be trying to get that deal done, I think we might be fairly low down the pecking order, unfortunately, because I think there'll be teams in League One looking at him at this stage, and that that might be a, an option for him to move permanently in January. But fingers crossed, he's enjoying his time at Dale. Hopefully. Um, he stays at Scotland and Chaff on the other side, the other wing back, AD White. I think probably his best game in the Dale shirt so far as well on Saturday. Even though he was targeted early on from the from the kind of long balls up from the Newport defensive from Dolan in midfield, he he handled it really well, didn't he? And, and it, yeah, it was a great performance from him. I, I thought so. I, I, I thought he played really really well, and it's been a very stop-start season and it for him um, spent we, we, we knew that was going to be the case with his injury record um, and it's proven to be the case but when we do see him I don't think he's done anything wrong so far but I thought he was excellent um, on Saturday and which I can't remember there was a chance the newbie chance and A.D. White does, does brilliantly just absolutely bombs on and it's the target and then Newby puts it over the bar with an open net. But it's it was really good to see somebody who looks like a natural left wing back playing there. Um I know we've 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 seen Kiwan play there all last season or most of last season and for probably the most most of this season really as well. But I never think he looks natural there at all. And I think AD White does. And he's got a bit of pace as well. And I think we've probably missed that in the wider areas. And yeah, I was I was really impressed with him and I want to see a lot more of him. Yeah, agreed. Um and hopefully, you know, that, that match fitness is getting there as well now with him getting more minutes in his under his belt. So yeah, fingers crossed we'll see more from him. Right. I, I wanted to touch on some of the games beforehand without going too far in depth because it's been a while since any of them, but it's amazing how much um, a win can change your perception, isn't it? Because I think the podcast we did last week was probably one of the one of the most downbeat ones we've ever done, and yet all we've done for the last fifteen minutes or so is just uh, sing the lads' praises. So I think it's worth mentioning those those defeats and uh, the manner of them more than anything. You know, late goals once again in all three: uh, Plymouth, Hartlepool, and Bristol Rovers. Um, I think looking back on it from that kind of knowing that we've got that win under our belts now maybe changes the perception, but. At the same time, it is worrying, isn't it, that we're still conceding so many late goals, and and I'm wondering whether you think that might be down to like fitness or or mentality or what. I'm not too sure what it is. I don't. I don't ever look at us and think we look unfit, so I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's just 
bit of naivety, I think, a lot of the time. Um, and I think it comes down to that, you know, when I said it, I thought I'd be only one of those I saw. I, did, I obviously didn't go to Bristol Rovers. I watched the Hartlepool game and I thought we were absolutely awful in that one. Um, I thought they were just as bad. Um, they're one of the worst sides I've seen all season, I think, and they beat us. Um, I think you sort of look at it and we're pushing. We all want to see attacking football. We all want to see us win games. I think there's times where because we don't get the early goals and we've probably not scored as many as we, we ought to have done, we start chasing it more than we should. And then you hit on a counter-attack or, you know, you hit on a counter-attack and you either score or get a set piece and then score from a set piece because that's what teams do against us. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it's important not to get too carried away with last week, I think, um, because, you know, on the last podcast I did, I mentioned two wins in 12, was it? And I think after that, we still didn't win for another three games. So, like, you're talking... Three wins now in 15, 16, something like that. that it's still not great, that. But um, I think it's important not to get too carried away at, at both ends as well. I think if we lose the next game, it's important not to get too, you know, you know, bung down and, and this, that and the other. But I do think we've got to get a bit, bit of consistency now. And if we can get a good, a couple of good results... You know, you, this time of the season, Stockdale said it, there's loads of pundits on Sky said it, if you can get a couple of wins over Christmas, it can be a proper catalyst for your season because um, of how quick the games come around. So see what happens on Boxing Day. Um, hopefully, a bit of confidence in a few players now. You know, Beasley, if he can carry on in that form, you know, we should outscore teams even if we do start defending like we have been doing. Um, but, yeah, it's tough to put your finger on it, but I think watching us, I do think we need an early goal. And I think if we don't get it, you start to worry a bit. Uh, yeah, Chaff, I mean, looking at the stats, you know, we're creating more chances than most teams, pretty much every team in the league. Um, we seem to be getting results against the better teams in the league. And I think that's what is frustrating for fans, isn't it? At the moment is despite that, despite maybe the stats saying we are one of the better teams and we can compete with the better teams, we find ourselves in 14th, I think we are at the moment, maybe 13th. And really, it, you know, we, the, whether the performances deserve the points or not isn't really that relevant if we're not getting them on the board. No, you, you, you're right. Um, performances mean very little if you're not winning games. Um, simple as that. But I think if you speak to anybody who doesn't watch Rochdale on a regular basis, but sort of keeps up with football, they'll tell you that it always it always seems to be that we do well against the decent sides and don't do particularly well against poor sides, and it seems to be a historical thing. Um, so that's the perception that, that a lot of people I know have, and it just it, it doesn't ever seem to leave us that. And what the what it's down to, I'm, I'm not sure. Do the likes of Scunthorpe and, and Oldham come here and look to frustrate us and because we're a, a naive and young side we sort of can't deal with it as as well as we would whereas a, a decent side who, who probably want to come and play a bit more football we, we can play football so we we can go up against them and as long as we start the game well you know we, we, we've got we've got a really good chance and we've got a good chance against anybody in, in this league 
but it's it is frustrating and it I, I, I don't know what the answer is but I think we've got to remember how, how younger side we, we have um it's a very inexperienced side it's a very sort of it was very quickly put together um it was always going to take some some time to gel and some weeks it's not going to be it's not going to be good and some weeks it, it'll just click um I think we've seen that a couple of times this season and as long as we we start getting more games that that click and we're successful in then and we're moving in the right direction I think we'll be fine um maybe it's just like I said maybe it's just because we're an inexperienced team but I don't know it's it, it's frustrating when we, we we get beat by the the evidently poorer teams like your, your Oldhams and your Hartlepools. I didn't watch the Hartlepool game, but I'm led to believe we were absolutely shite, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I know that we were against Oldham because I saw that one. So, yeah, I'll, hopefully get a couple of decent results over over Christmas against a couple of half-decent sides. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully put us on the right track. Yeah, I think I think you're spawn to be honest. I think in terms of maybe we need to find different ways to win. Um when we're playing against teams who can kind of match us and play similar football, we're actually good enough to beat those teams. But it's maybe finding a way to get through those games against teams that are going to be a bit more physical and a little bit harder to beat and uh, in terms of like sitting deeper and, and not giving us space to hit them on the counter attack and things like that. Um which yeah, that that'll come with with having a young squad. I think one thing that I noticed, I think, looking at the table the other day, I think Harrogate might be the highest placed team to actually beat us this season, and they're tenth, um, which says it just does show that 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 adage about Dale being better against the, the better teams is certainly ringing true this season. Anyway, um, since we're kind of halfway through the season now, um, and it's it's Christmas time, I think now will be a good time for us to do something of a kind of mid-season report and kind of take stock on what's happened. Um, on the pitch over the last four or five months. So, Chaff, um, my first question to you on this really would be what, what do you think the best moment of the season has been so far? It's uh, a good question. I don't think I was prefer- prepared for that. Um, Corey O'Keefe's goal against Port Vale was probably my favourite moment of the season, uh, just because I was a little more drunk than I usually am. And it was a great away day. Um, and the ball from Cashman was ridiculous um, and yeah so that'll probably be my favourite moment of the season what about yours Ray? probably a bit of a boring answer this but I think just being back in the ground at Arrogate and the you know being in with the crowd again and being on the train with mates you've not seen in you know a year 18 months or whatever it was and then you know when the players came out and the first goal and things like that it just felt really good to be to be back properly. So I think probably that one closely followed by um, Saturday, to be honest. Yeah, I'm surprised by that neither of you said Northampton, to be honest, because I think Northampton was probably my favourite um, yeah. day of the season so far, just because of everything that happened beforehand. And obviously it was our first win on the Stockdale. I think that's one of them games that will just stick with me for a long time. But also a uh, special mention to Beasley's goal at Burnley as well, because... For a few minutes, that was uh, that was pretty special. The atmosphere that night was was probably the best I've known Dale fans maybe ever. Um, 
so yeah, I think that will live quite long in the memory as well. Um, Chaff, worst moment so far? The defeat to Oldham. Um, nothing really comes close to that for me. I thought we were absolutely atrocious. Right, do you agree on that one? We weren't there. <laughs> so I'm going to have to have looked through again. Can I just look at the fix, the results? Well, well for, for me, it was, yeah, the Oldham game, but the Crawley game almost matches it. If it hadn't have been, if Oldham wasn't a local derby, it would, the Crawley game would have been just as bad. And I think I remember that moment in the like dying seconds where we were 1-0 down and there was a Crawley player kind of stood with a ball and no one was pressing him. Oh, yeah. yeah Ryan was uh, too busy in Manchester for that Oldham game, surrounding himself with with women. Before the core team has been. <laughs> That's a standard Saturday evening for that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I had a much better day than you two, I think. <laughs> um, I'll agree with you on the Crawley one. I'd, I'd forgotten which game that was, but the feeling when it was Nubi who just stood off their play with a ball, I was just like, yeah, I nearly ripped my season ticket up at that point, I think. Can we have before the season started moments? Because yeah. if we if if we can, it was the moment that I found out that Andrew Kelly was likely to to sell his shares to to um, to Mister Curran. Um, I've, I've never felt fear like it in my life whilst watching Rochdale. So that's got to be mentioned as a as a horrible moment as well. Yeah, and, and thank God that didn't come to pass. Like I guess. Really, the most important thing, the most important moment would be that news we got on the way to Northampton, wouldn't it? Um, and kind of everything that, that's fallen into place since then with the share issue and what have you. Um, right, I'll come to you first on this one. Best player so far? Um, I'll go... I'd go either O'Connell or O'Keefe. I think I'll just go O'Connell. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with, with that answer, to be honest, Chaff. Um, probably O'Keefe over O'Connell and Kelly. Nice. And most disappointing? Player. Yeah. Uh, newbie or Taylor? I feel like newbie might be a bit harsh. I mean, he has... Chipped in with a few goals. I know you're not his biggest fan, but that seems harsh for me, Chuff. Uh, it's a good question. Um, possibly Jimmy Keohan. I don't think he's had anywhere near as good a season as he did last season. Um, I wanted I, I wanted to see a bit more of Cashman as well. I, it's not to say I don't think he's done well when he's played. I just want to see a little bit more of him. Um, the defence has been hit and miss. I'm probably going to say Sam Graham, actually. Um, I didn't expect much, but we've not seen a lot from him either. Um, on Alex Newbit, I don't know the actual stats. Um, I probably should do. But if you look at how many games or how many points we've got when he's been in the starting 11, it's ridiculous. If he wasn't in the starting 11, we'd be we'd, we'd, we'd have single-figure points. Um I don't know the actual numbers, but the, there's a stat going around where I think before Saturday it was something like 22 out of the 24 points were when Nubid started the game. 
I'll be having a check on that this week and getting back to you and rubbing it in Ryan's face um, when I do. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to agree on Sam Graham for me. I think just not up to it from what I've seen so far. I'd say probably Broadbent as well because he sounded like the sort of player that I would maybe enjoy watching and he's just not been that yeah, sure. um, so far. So, yeah. Um, best thing about this team so far? I'm going to go with you first on that one, Ryan. Let's tell you about the team. Um, the oh, the amount of chances that we create, I'd say, is the best, most consistent thing. Jeff? Um, the attacking threat that we have, I'd, I'd say, is a stark contrast to, to what we've seen for the last two years. Um, we seem to have gone from being obsessed with keeping possession to actually wanting to get the ball forward and maybe playing a bit more direct at times and and, and wanting to to go and attack teams. So yeah, the the attacking the attacking performances for me, I think. Yeah, my, mine would kind of be in, in the same sort of wheelhouse. I think. For me, what I've enjoyed this season is is kind of that there's no um, over reliance on any one player. For me, it feels like we've got five or six different players who we can rely on to create chances. Um, maybe we need to finish more more of them or finish them more often. But um, it feels like even if Newby drops out the team, it feels like someone like Udu can come in and make a difference. It feels like Conor Grant has done that. In the last few weeks, we had Cashman doing it earlier in the season. Obviously, Bees has been getting his goals. And then you've got Kelly in midfield as well, who's creating chances with those kind of from a deeper position. But yeah, I think that that is really um, refreshing for me to see a team with, with kind of so many options for, for creating chances. Um, and long may that continue. Uh, biggest disappointment about the team so far? Right. The failure to convert many of those chances. <laughs> um, I know. I know when you probably look in the goals for column, and I haven't done. We're probably in the top ten, I'd guess, at goals scored, maybe. Um, but that doesn't tell the story. We, you know, we could easily have probably scored double what we actually have. And I think sometimes you look at chances created and see that they've not scored, and you sort of think, yeah, but what were those chances really like? And you know, were they actually? Ch- We've missed a lot of very good chances, but I think that any most of the strikers in the league probably convert. So I'd say that's been that's been the most disappointing thing for me. There's, there's points where we've got forward and I've not got excited because I just don't expect us to score. Um, so yeah, that's been my biggest disappointment. Chaff, uh, um, our inability to defend set pieces, even though we've now got three centre halves on the on the pitch. At, at all times so yeah just repeating the same mistakes that we've made for, for years and being unable to unable to defend for quite large parts of games yeah um, yeah I think that that kind of lack of game management for me the amount of points we've dropped from winning positions and, and losing through late goals um, is just so frustrating um, and when it happens kind of week after week for a while it does it can be pretty draining especially after it happened so many times last season, last season as well so I think 
if there was one thing I could change at the minute, it would be that um, a little bit more of a of a kind of winning mentality um, to see see those games out. And just generally, I think, yeah, defensively, Dorset's improved, but for large spells, it fell to me. Like, I didn't trust either of the centre-backs, either side of O'Connell, um, and that, that was really disappointing. Ryan, I think you kind of touched on it earlier, but best thing about being back at matches? Seeing, you know, I guess the routine. I think, like, away days, being back with mates that you wouldn't ordinarily see. You know, I've got mates who I go to Rochdale with who I wouldn't, necessarily class as mate mates if you know what I mean I wouldn't you know go out for food with them necessarily but you you do just naturally meet up at football um and then for home games just just being back in the stand and seeing live football having that routine dad comes and picks me up we go to the game together we mourn together and then we go home um so yeah just just that seeing people you've you've probably not seen for a while and just just that buzz of a match day that, that we all get you know, at five to ten to five to three. Yeah, Chaff, what about you? Similar sort of thing. Um, the routine side of it, I think, is massive. Um, seeing my missus and her, and her dad get to spend quality time together, um, like they used to, that they they really really cherish, um, is a massive thing. Of that that's probably the the best thing to see. Um, getting to to take our Oliver to to games as well and and seeing him sort of dick about in the sandy and starting he's he's even trying to start chants off now <laughs> in in that in little crash corner in Sandy Lane. So yeah, just the just the, the whole match day experience, I think for me, seeing seeing your mates, the social side of it. And yeah, that 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 routine that we've become accustomed to for for years on end. Yeah, yeah, I can't really add much more to what you two have said. I think, I think what I really did miss was that kind of buzz on the morning of an away day more than anything. You know, like when you're just waking up probably an hour before you need to, and just because you're excited for a day, kind of drinking and just being daft with your mates uh, watching Dale. Um, it's it's good to be back, and I really hope that doesn't get taken away from us again um, anytime soon. Um, Chaff, best team and worst team. That we've played against this season for you? Uh I'll be honest, I don't think we've come up against a team that's really, really stood out as being excellent. I think probably the closest that, that I've seen um was maybe Forest Green earlier in the season. And I don't even think they were brilliant. I just think they 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 just had our, our number. Um, they knew where we were going to set up. We, they, they'd sussed us out quite quickly, and I thought they were they were very decent against us. Um, worst team, possibly Newport on Saturday because I thought they were awful. Um, I didn't go to the Hartlepool game. A lot of people have, have said Hartlepool. Um, yeah, I'd put, yeah, I'd probably say Newport, even though they're fifth. Right. What about you? Um, I think the worst team I've seen is Arley Pool, um, which I suppose should I should probably then say us, shouldn't I? Given we beat us, but Arley Pool worst by far. The best of a team I've been most impressed with was probably Salford. I think if they had, if their right back could cross a ball, they'd have battered us that night. I thought I were really impressed with them. I thought Matty Lund ran it. Um, but similar to Chaff. I've, 
that's been the most frustrating thing, I think. I've not seen any team in Gunt. They were good. So, yeah, Salford for me, I think. Yeah, I sort of disagree. I, I did think Forest Green were good, but not in that kind of like, you know, in, in, in the past when like league leading teams have come to us and you can tell straight away that they're up there at the top of the league and flying high. I don't think they had that. It just looks really well drilled and, and had a couple of kind of match win, obvious match winners in the team. So, frankly, from what I've seen this season, being like fairly impressed with them makes me think they're going to walk the league by about 15 points because I'm just not impressed with the rest of it. I think um, in terms of worst team, Stevenage had one good player. Um, the fact that they managed to get a draw from that game was just so horrible because we were so much better than them. Um, but yeah, probably probably Hartlepool because um, that was that was an awful, an awful game. Um, and yeah, it says a lot about us that we didn't manage to get a win from it, I suppose. But then we managed to beat teams like uh, teams like Newport. Um, well, that's just reminded me actually earlier on. I said Harry got the highest placed team that beat us, but obviously Forest Green did. So <laughs> talking absolute nonsense again. Um, so Chaff. Where we currently are in the league, would you say that is where you expected us to be at the start of the season? Um, and if not, then then would you have had us higher or lower than this? Uh, before a ball was kicked, I'd have probably had us a little bit lower, I think, um, all round about where we are. I think I think it's been pretty much par um, for me. And... Don't get me wrong, that's, if, if you offered me 22nd now, um, I don't think I'd be hugely disappointed after the, the summer that we've gone through um, and the, the turmoil that we've had. And I think this, I've said it since since he took over, I think this season is pretty much a, a free hit for, for Stockdale as long as we don't go down. Because what he took over... It, the club's a very different place now with very different people in it and it's a it's a big job to to get us to get us back to to what we what we can be um and i've been really impressed um with the things that he comes out and says um is it frustrating we've not won more games yeah but i'm 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 also a bit fed up of seeing people absolutely go in when we lose a game of football um, and start questioning the manager. And I, I, For me, if we finish 14th, I'd be absolutely delighted. So, yeah, I'd probably say bottom half of the table to mid-table would be where I expected us to be. And um, I'd be very happy if we finished there as well. Yeah, Ryan, I think... Is, is it fair to say your expectations were a little bit higher, kind of based on on Stockdale's um, comments in the summer? Yeah, but I'm not daft enough to just base it on that. I think when you're in this league and you've got players like O'Connell and you've got you know how good O'Keefe's turned out to be, and you've got players with a quality of Morley and Liam Kelly. You know what what Alex Newby can do on his day, what Beasley can do on his day. These players are good players, um, so I did expect us to be a little, a bit higher. If I'm honest, I thought we'd get top half with the squad with the, some of the players we've got. 
Um, I do think that sometimes the shape can be changed to help other players. I do think there's some players who, who it helps a lot, like O'Keefe. I don't think he'd be quite as good at fullback as he did at wingback, for example. But I do think with some of the quality we've got in midfield, I think they could be better utilised and we could see more from them because um, we are top players. Um, so, yeah, I'm, it's well hard because I don't want to be too disappointed with it because of where we were, you know, four months ago or whatever it was and we're like, are we going to have a club or not? But then I think on the pitch, I do think we should be doing a bit better than we are personally. Do you think we'll finish higher or lower than where we are now? Not of interest. Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, the same. You can say the same if you want, mate. Can you ask me at the end of January? Um, yeah, I can. Ask, ask, me, ask me right now. I think we'll probably play to finish around this position, I think. I don't know if we'll get top half when they do. Chaff, what about you? Uh, again, it's a very good question. And I think our season, like every other season, will pretty much be determined by the, the January transfer window that we have. Um, like Ryan says, my answer might be very different come the 1st of February than it would be now. I think I think with what we've got now, I think we could break into the top half of the table. Um, but I'd probably expect us to finish around about where we are. Um, and if we get what we, I think we need in January, um, i.e. an experienced centre-half, um, potentially a, a defensive midfielder and maybe a different striking option, I think we should finish top half. Um I think that'll help us massively. But yeah, I think I've, given the squad we've got now, I'd probably say roughly where we are now. Yeah, I, I, I think personally we'll finish a little bit higher. I think a lot of our issues do come back to that inexperience, which that is less of an issue with every game we play, to be honest. Um, I think you, you, you'd expect us to add one or two more experienced heads in January. Obviously, we don't know for certain whether we will or not, but I think if you do that, I'd be surprised if we don't finish 8th, ninth, 10th even really, based on what I've seen. I think there's a lot of poor teams in this league, like I've said, and I think just it's small margins in a lot of cases. And um, if we can change that, I reckon we'll I reckon we'll finish in the top half. Um, I don't know whether you've seen it, but on Twitter, the rumour mill has started already. Um, we seem to have been linked everywhere with um, Niall Mayer from... Halifax, and I think that would be a really shrewd signing. Um, he seems to be doing the, the, the business in the league down below, and he's quite versatile. But if that's the, the type of player that we're, that we're after, I think that suggests that, that the issues that we see are the issues that, that Stockdale sees, because um, he's vastly experienced. Um, he's... He's not a youngster, he's 20, 26, 27 years old, something like that. Um, and then there's another lad that we've been linked with um, on a little bit of a lesser scale, striker from Darlington, um, Luke Charman, um, who's banging goals in for Darlington. 
and that again if if that turns out to be right then it's 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 very positive that that they see what we see um and i think that those types of, of transfers albeit rumors uh, they're just it's reassuring a little bit i think so a good transfer window and i think we can we can start moving up the up the table uh, just a note on on that ma um i asked a, a, a mate of mine who's a very fan what he thought about him and his reply was well, I've just had to Google him to find out who he was and he played 22 times for us, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> so pretty forgettable spell at gig by the sounds of things, but obviously he was still quite a young player at that time and he'll be a different prospect now. I think from what I've read, he can play kind of centre-back, right-back and defensive midfield as well, so would um, would be a decent addition by the sounds of things. Um, I, I think we've kind of done it to death in terms of, of, of what we need in January. So, Rai, I guess I'll finish this little kind of mid-season report by asking if there's anyone you would expect to leave the club in January, be that kind of whether they're not getting game time or, you know, if a, a bigger club comes in for them. I'm not sure about expect to, because I don't know if they will. I think if I was O'Connell, I'd want out in January. Um, I think if I was... O'Keefe, I wouldn't come back. Um, I could possibly see one of the goalkeepers going. Um, who else is it? Morley, Morley, Morley. Morley, I can't see going anywhere. I think he'll stay. So I think, I don't know if he will go. I don't know if he, I think if I was one of the goalkeepers, I'd want to go. Because I think both of them have potential to be a number one somewhere. And I don't think either of them necessarily would class themselves as number one here. Um, and yeah, I think O'Keefe could probably get somewhere that's pushing either promotion in this league or or League One. And I think O'Connell, I think for his CV, if he got a relegation and then the season after he finishes in mid-table or the bottom half of League Two, is that the kind of player that people are going to look at? I'm not sure. So that's why I'd be sort of looking to, to potentially force a move if I was if I was him. As much as I don't want to see that happen, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think I, I'm agreeing on O'Keefe. I'll be honest, I don't see him coming back. I think we might get O'Connell to stay until the end of the season just because I, I don't know whether a, an offer big enough for us to sell would come in. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he stays beyond the summer, to be honest. I think... I wouldn't be massively surprised to see Cashman's loan ended early in January because um, he's just not getting minutes at the moment. wasn't even in the squad against Newport. And obviously Broadbent's loan will come to an end. I wouldn't be massively surprised if Sam Graham was sent out on loan to a National League side. I think he probably needs 15, 20 games at that level um, before trying to step up again to League Two. So that would probably benefit him, um, I would imagine. So yeah, um, interesting times. It was. It's been kind of good to to take stock um, of the season so far. Our next game, um, as things stand, is on Boxing Day, with a trip to Carlisle. So lads, we'll finish off with our normal game, and we'll look back on our last trip to Brunton Park, which was on the third of December, twenty sixteen, in the FA Cup second round. B-Mac nearly killed me that day, uh, driving on the motorway for the first time in his life. Um, so yeah, a great, a great. 2-0 win for Dale. So we're looking for any 
player from that team. Um, Chaff, I'll let you go first since you're top of my Zoom list here. So, yeah, any player from, from Dale's um, match day squad for that trip to Carlisle in December 2016. I'll say Ian Henderson. Yep, that's correct. Callum Camps. Yep. Um, Joe Raff. Yep. Rathbone. Yep. McNulty. Yeah, came off the bench at half time. Um, can I have, am I allowed to know what kit it was? Like, what was the home kit in that year? Do you know? Yeah, so I think the home kit was the one with the white and black um, stripe down the side. And then I think we wore the red away kit with the blue and black sash this day. I'm not 100% sure. I might just double check that. I do struggle with the recent ones, don't I? Yeah, I'm right. That was the that was the kit that season. Right, cool. This might this is going to sound stupid now if I'm wrong in it, but Canavan. Yeah, now Canavan was the was the player that McNulty came on for at halftime. I must have had a shock of that now. For a change. <laughs> um, Josh Lillis. He was on the bench. Oh yeah, you're on the bench. Keeper, I think it may have been one of them spells where uh, where Hill fell out with him. Bloody hell. Um, Mendes, yeah, Mendes came off the bench and, and scored the second goal. I'm gonna take a stab at dark at the goalkeeper. I'm gonna go Conrad. Conrad Logan is correct. Good, um, if, it, if, it, if it helps either of you out, there were two very, very good festive chants created. For two players who haven't been mentioned yet, um, on Keith Keane. Keith Keane is correct. Yeah, Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis. Yeah, scored the other goal that day. <laughs> what do we need from a starting eleven now? How many players? Um, Left back and centre back. I've got a midfielder. I know maybe two wingers. Maybe yeah, left back rather than winger. Have we said Matt Lund. No, Matt Lund's not been said, and that is correct. Um, so just centre half now. Um, no, looking at the team, Keith Keane was at centre half. Oh, okay. So what now? So I think you're just missing a winger. Okay, Mendes and. Well, Men- Mendes came off the bench. Oh, I was like McDermott. No. No. No, Donald McDermott, I'm afraid. Great effort, though, Rise. So, since you, you struggled, you struggled after like two, and then managed to reel off about four or five after that. But that's another kit. I'm all right. I tend to be all right. Yeah. So the only player missing from the starting eleven then was Joe Thompson, um, who, who actually played for Carlisle, didn't he? Not long uh, before this, and then on the bench, uh, Josh Lewis, Harrison McGay. Jim McNulty, Aaron Morley, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, Ruben Noble-Lazarus and Sammy Odalusi. Um, so an interesting bench there. A couple of ex-Dale players in the Carlisle squad as well that day. Jason Kennedy and Nicky Adams both played for Carlisle. But hopefully we'll be celebrating um, with a few more festive chants at Brunton Park on Boxing Day. Fingers crossed. Um, so all that's left for me to say for now is thank you very much for joining me as always, right? Yeah, cheers, Dean. And cheers as always, Chaff.
Thank you very much. Have a good Christmas. Yep, Merry Christmas one and all and a Happy New Year and, and all of that. Well, and obviously, as always, over the day.